did so many things that pissed them off It's impossible to list them all And in the midst of all this, I'm in a mental hospital With a crystal ball, trying to see what I still be like this tomorrow Risp a doll, voices whisper My fist is ball back up against the wall, pencil drawn This is just a song to go ballistic on You just pull the pistol on the guy with a missile launcher I'm just a lotness, a mythological Godzilla Well, Godzilla wasn't traded He just kind of went through the Boston Red Sox organization And has now destroyed it a, Destroyed the <laughs> franchise because they didn't want to pay one Mookie bets. Indeed, uh, that is actually the actually is Godzilla by Eminem and the late Juice World off uh, music to be murdered by. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Good album. Anyways, this is the Last Word Podcast. I'm Angelo Lippa. I'm Steve Artibello. And wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Muse, uh, Apple Podcast, Anchor, whatever you listen to major podcasts on. We're there. We appreciate you listening for another week. We're back on our usual shit. Finally, it's taken us a little while. We had some uh, studio technical difficulties, we'll call it, because <laughs> we weren't <laughs> able to record for a brief month. But there were some there were some issues in there. There were some issues, but we're all back. We're every week back on our stuff and uh having fun and back talk, on our bullshit. Back on our bullshit. <laughs> so anyways, uh uh we'll kick off with a trade that took I felt like three months to make. Oh my um, god. Then it was gonna happen, then didn't happen, then it was because I we didn't get enough for Mookie Betts, who is one of the best right fielders and best bats in all of baseball. I feel like Heim Bloom panicked. Uh and now th- what ended up happening here is well, we'll get into the details but what ended up happening here is the Dodgers got the two guys they thought they were going to get yes didn't trade Jock Peterson and acquired potentially Kenley Jansen's replacement mm-hmm. in Brutus Argraterol yeah so the full trade is this is um it was the G, uh, the the Dodgers are getting Mookie Betts David Price and some cash from the Red Sox the Red Sox are getting Alex Verdugo, uh, Brutus uh, Gratterall. Nope. No, sorry, I'm wrong. Hang on. No, from the Twins. What the hell? So the Kenta Maeda trade is done. Yes. That trade, for, uh, Maeda to the Twins for Brutus R. Gratterall yeah. is official, but Gratterall is now staying oh, with sorry, the Dodgers. I, was, I, had, a, I, had, a one, I yeah. had one up. Sorry, my apologies. There was two. I was looking at two things here. So Betts, Price, Cash, and Brutus Gratterall. Uh, outfielder Luke Rayleigh, a 2020 competitive round B draft pick from the Twins. The Red Sox got Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. And the Twins get Kenta Maeda and Jair Camarago. If I'm saying his name right, I hope I am. I'm probably not. Here, I think I almost know. I, I I can't see your computer screen, Jair, but I almost know Jair? exactly who you're talking about. Maybe it's Jair. With a B? It's a Jair, and then it's Bolsolano or something at the end? Camarago. Cam- here, Camargo. let me hold on. I'm going to walk over here. You're going to walk over here. It's Camargo. Camargo? Camargo? Is it Camargo? Camargo. Right? Camargo. Jair Camargo. Jair Camargo. I was close. Uh, sorry. Come here. I'm here. Whatever the hell your name is. The only reason I know this. The only As you know, Steven is I pay way too much attention to plays, prospects. He Steven is deep in the prospect pool where I am more of a I only know certain prospects. Put it this way, like you should not know who Hire Camargo is, but I do because I have a problem and you know about the Stratomatic League I'm in Steven where like, is like the in the Dungeon and Dragons of like <laughs> exactly. baseball fantasy lore where it's like spreadsheet it's it's ma- it's advanced math, I wanna call it. 
Steven used to work in a bank. That's why he's good at math a little bit. I'm actually We're, terrible at math. This is the only thing I care about that involves see, math. And, so it's the only thing I'm good at that involves and math. Me, I and I just numbers. suck straight at math, and that's why I'm in broadcasting and not in <laughs> being an accountant where I can make money. Anyways, uh, we will let's let's just start with the Dodgers. They finally get um, they get potent like. <laughs> A guy who many people are calling the second best player in baseball yes. at his peak. And then at his, I don't know, his floor is still all-star. Yeah, he's still an all-star. Like Mookie Betts is still one of the top five players in baseball. Yeah. And he was moved along with a pitcher in David Price. I think we talked about this when the original trade came down. David Price actually had a pretty good season. If you look at his peripheral numbers, mm-hmm. a lot of strikeouts, a lot of ground balls. He was unlucky. He had the highest bat pip of his career, which yeah. is a batted average on balls in play. Yeah. He's also a lefty that has to deal with the green monster at Fenway. Yeah, which is he, not fun. So take away the DH, take away the fact that he was in the American League East. Mm-hmm. You're going to put him out in the NL with the Dodgers in a much less homer-friendly ballpark, in a much less homer-friendly division, minus Colorado because that's just broken. Don't worry, he'll have the Colorado flu when he has to go there. Like he, there's a really good chance that David Price comes back, mm-hmm. not as the old David Price because he's older now. You're not going to see 230 innings from David Price like you used to see when he was in Tampa Bay and Detroit, but you might see 170 to 180 extremely valuable innings. And then on top of that, again, Mookie Betts might be the second best player in baseball. Yeah. And when you look at the the way that this trade was restructured. Jeter Downs, I know he's a guy that a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. And I know there was all this concern about Brutus Argraterol, and then uh, MLB.com took him completely out of their top 100 prospects. Did anyone watch him pitch in the big leagues last year? Because I'd like to point out that, yes, this is a kid that has a, an injury history. He had Tommy John three years ago. Last year he had a shoulder issue. But he also pitched in the big leagues last year and threw over 100 and got big league hitters out. A pretty good clip. And the Red Sox were like, nah, don't need the guy that throws 100. No. And we'll it, take and Jeter Downs when you have Xander Bogarts, and we'll take this catching prospect that's not Will Smith. No. It, it's just, like I said, it feels like Heim Bloom. This reminds me of the, I think I said this last week too, this reminds me of the Isaiah Thomas trade. Where everyone was like, oh, wow, Colby Altman, the rookie GM. Look at this little move he's made in Cleveland. And then all of a sudden the trade was on the rocks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe IT's hurt more than we thought. And maybe we want some more things. And basically Danny Ainge told him to uh, kick rocks and this is what you're getting or the trade's off. And the trade went through and uh, we saw how Isaiah Thomas worked out in Cleveland. That might be part of the reason LeBron's in L.A. right now. Uh, it is the one of the sole reasons that he is in L.A. right now, and also that he could get more talent in L.A. than he can to come to Cleveland. Sorry. And I just look at the way that this trade ended up. And again, we talked about this. I like Alex Verdugo. I think that's mm-hmm. a very valuable piece. Yes. But essentially, you went out and got a duplicate of the guy you have playing left field mm-hmm. in Andrew Benintendi. That's the way that Verdugo profiles. Yeah. And again, Andrew Benintendi is a, a great young player. Yeah. But he's not Mookie Betts. No. And they've none com- of these guys. Com- it was funny because they compared him to, they were like, oh, he's the next Ted Williams. And I'm like, okay, let's. who? Wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, That whoa. was an actual thing I heard on radio. About Verdugo. No, no, no. About uh, Ben Attendee. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Mookie Betts is closer to Ted Williams. Exactly. Exactly. Like Benetton, I've I've had Benetton in fantasy, and he was a great keeper for me. But you know, last year was a bit of a down year for him, and when you have a guy like Raphael Devers in your lineup who got 100 RBI, who hit 300, did all these things, it's like, well, are you really, like, is it you? Like, is it just, like, the lineup's not as strong because J.D. Martinez was back and, and Mookie Betts is still there, and Mookie Betts, for all intents and pur- purposes, minus maybe his his average, you know, maybe a little bit of slug. He had a few percentage points here and there on his averages, but for the most part, he had about as many runs as he did in his MVP year, about as many hits, as about as many home runs, same on RBI. So he still had a phenomenal season. He still had a phenomenal had a Gold Glove year, much Exa- like he did the year before. Silver hit, Slugger, like still hit. I think he hit over three hundred, or did he hit like two ninety something? Two ninety five. Okay, so he hit two ninety five, and what was it? A three ninety five on base, three ninety one. You were close. You see what I mean? Like he's all like. He didn't have a standard Mookie Betts season, no. and he was still the best offensive player on that team, on a team that has J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Like, this is... It's it's a weird trade for Boston to make because, you know, he is a young superstar. He's 27. You know, okay, next year when you have to go and sign him, he's going to be 28, but don't you view him as part of your franchise, your future of the well, franchise? Like, that's, exactly. that's, that's what I look at with, with him because... I hate the Red Sox. Would I love to have Mookie Betts on my team? Yes. Exactly. Would love to have Mookie Betts on my team. And the Red Sox just basically said, ah, we don't want him anymore. And the thing is... Because you don't want to pay him because you overpaid for other pieces, the one that actually went in this trade as well, in David Price. And that contract is atrocious. And, yeah. And then, you know, the the same amount of money that's basically owed to Chris Sale... Mm-hmm. Like there's issues, and and we've seen Chris Sale that ever since the belly button ring, the belly button ring. I want to know what the hell that was all about, okay? Because I still don't believe it was a belly button ring, and I want to know what happened that broke Chris Sale. The belly button ring. It's all about that belly button <laughs> ring, okay? And they have so much. They're trying to just basically offload and let's let's start anew. Mm-hmm. And in Boston. They've been very competitive for a very long time. Like it was almost like the torch was passed from the teams of the Big Poppy and the Manny Ramirez and uh, Johnny Damons to this team. And they had Mookie Betts and Rafael Devers. And, you know, you had this outfield of Bennett with him and Bennett Tendi and, um, oh, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Exactly. That was Who like. kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah. But you still had this like outfield that seemed like. You couldn't hit a ball anywhere. Two, you basically had to get a single or a double by hitting it through the infield. You had three center fielders. Yeah. So, is Benatendi going to move over to play center field and at Fenway because well, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still there? Yeah. Like, are you going to stick Verdugo in in right because probably because That's what it sounds like because Benatendi's used to playing the Green Monster mm-hmm. and we we know the history of people trying to learn to play the Green Monster is very tough because. You're having to adjust for the bounce. Like the bounce is the hardest thing off the wall to to, to figure out. I think they're going to leave Benintendi over there. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to leave JBJ in center field, even though he can't hit a beach ball. Now that's going to be interesting because mm-hmm. of the way that this season goes. If they're kind of in it, and their big issue is going to be their pitching, they're going to have to rely on guys that have been hurt a lot in the last two years 
to be healthy and get through for them. And then on top of that, they no longer have David Price or Rick Porcello. Like, they've lost guys. The interesting thing is if this team is somehow in the hunt and Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting under 200 again, like, what the hell are they going to do? Like, is J.D. Martinez going to go into right field? Because right now, Verdugo, all intents, like, Verdugo is a center fielder for the Dodgers. That's kind of how they viewed him. Mm -hmm. So it's nice at Fenway to have a guy who's essentially a center fielder. It's like Mookie Betts playing right field because right field's huge at Fenway. Yeah. So right now you're 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 nice defensively. You haven't really lost much defensively. The issue is on the offense. If Jackie Bradley Jr. can't hit, and now you don't have Mookie Betts to carry all of that load, Verdugo, I think he's quite good. I just don't know like how that outfield survives this year, and I don't know what their plan is for it really. Because they have infielders coming too. Like their prospects are like it's like Bobby Dalback, who's a third baseman, and they have mm-hmm. Devers, but Devers can move to first. Yeah. Like they got some issues in the outfield and they have no pitching. Like this Boston team's at a really weird spot right now. They don't really have any prospects. They got one in Bobby Dalback who people like. Yeah. And they had uh, what was his name? Uh the one who came up last year to play Ch- second base. Chavez, I think his yeah. name was. Michael Chavez. They had him come up, so it's like, well, what are you what are you like you have some pieces there? Like, Devers had a good year. Chavez, for the most part, was having a good year. I think he kind of fell off as the season yeah. went on. That could be a testament to just the length of, a, of an MLB season. It is, could also be a guy not be, not on PEDs for the first time because this is a kid that was already suspended for this in the yeah. minors. Like, there's a lot of things going on with this Red Sox team, and not a lot of it is good. So they're kind of in this weird sort of what-are-we spot where – they're in an awkward well, position where they should be selling all the things. Like and J.D. Martinez should be gone, but the problem is with his opt-out, can't really. you're not going to get what you should be able to get yeah. for J.D. Martinez. So At the end of the day, J.D. Martinez will end up on a team, most likely in the AL, and it'll probably be, let's say, let's say the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. That makes a lot of sense. A team like them who sort of could use a big bat like him to go with the offense that they've already tried to instill for this year so that they can actually make the playoffs. Yeah, the only of- problem is you have to play in the outfield because Otani's going to DH. For, like it would, You'd have to do some maneuvering yeah. with JD. But it could be done. It can be done. Things can always be done, Steven. They're for the- that type of bat, you'll make it yeah. work. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a dude who, mm-hmm. who hits like JD Martinez, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And for, let's see, we're the, the Twins, they kind of, you know, get a nice, you know. I still, like this, like they still get a back-end starter. Yeah. A back-end starter. For their best pitching prospect. Like, it's still an ugly trade for the Twins. Yeah. Are they a little bit of a team that's like, oh, we were really close last year, and maybe if we had more starting pitcher other than... And that division's a mess, so there's really a chance. Like, there's a real good chance to to win the division if you're the Twins. Especially with, like, there's the talk of potentially... uh, the Cleveland Indians starting to sell pieces too to do a full rebuild. They've already lost. They've, they've already been sold. Selling pieces. They've been selling Corey Kluber. Like the Lindor's in, still there. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things. going there's on. There's a lot of things going on. But that division is very wide. It's it's very much the Minnesota Twins to lose at this point at, of the year. And we already know about Kansas City. They're full rebuild. Oh God, they're a mess. Detroit's a dumpster fire. Yep. So, you, pfft, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Like you're just light a match and walk away. Like. 
it's pretty much what it's going to be <laughs> at this point. And let's, you know, in Detroit, who... The White Sox are going to be interesting. I just don't know if they're going to be good. With all the moves they made in the offseason, all the, the, the veteran pitchers they brought yeah. in, and a, a great veteran mm-hmm. catcher that's very good offensive. Like, they made some interesting moves. I just don't know this how they're is, all going to work. I think how their season might go is the way of they're going to start off like a house on fire. Or when you make that many changes, you're going to look like the twenty the what was it twenty fifteen Blue Jays, the Jose Reyes, Josh Johnson, like that year. Yeah. Or there was a lot of look at look at every team that's gone out and done that. Yeah. And they they usually have a rough yeah. start, and that's kind of I'm looking right at their White Sox and being like, "This, I this, think I've seen this before. I've seen this red the only, flag." The only difference is the White Sox, unlike those other teams mm-hmm. that just added a bunch of veterans. They have a core of young players that they've mm-hmm. been developing, so that's yeah. where it gets interesting. Like Tim Anderson had a good year. He finally took a step offensively that mm-hmm. they really needed. He still can't walk, but when you lead the league, like when you win a batting title, you can deal with not walking all that much. Yeah, exactly. Right, and you finally had uh, Yohan Moncada take the step mm-hmm. that everyone kind of expected from him. You had mm-hmm. Eloy Jimenez break into the league, real rough start, mm-hmm. but a really nice end to the season. Yeah. So they got some nice pieces there. Not to mention uh, Luis Robert or Robert, or whatever the hell you want to call him. This could be the next Ronald Acuna Jr. So, again, I think they're going to be really fun. Yeah. I just don't know how good they're going to be. Yeah. And uh, Dodgers basically become the favorite now. Well, look, look what the Dodgers did. The only the only problem with the, the Los Angeles Dodgers is that they're the Los Angeles Dodgers, and no matter what they do, sometimes just can't get out of their own way. Well, this trade, like I said, like the – the move to keep Gratterall, mm-hmm. to me, that's a huge win for them because, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, Kenley Jansen used to be a lockdown. You know that's good. Yeah. He hasn't been like that for over a year now. Mm-hmm. He's also pitched a lot. He's also had medical conditions with his heart. You yeah, know what blood, I mean? Like the these blood are, clots thing and the irregular heartbeat. Like there, there mm-hmm. have been some real issues here, and you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Pedro Baez is still a useful reliever. Like they've had, they got guys, mm-hmm. but if you don't have that shutdown guy in the ninth, it forces guys into roles they shouldn't be in. So everyone has to move up a level and go up in terms of the leverage situations they're going to be in. I think a guy like Gratterall that's already proved he can do it in the big leagues, and I know he's very young. But when you throw a hundred, and by the way, he only throws sinkers, and they go a hundred, I have a feeling, I'll come out and say it right now, by the all-star break, I think is going to be the Dodgers' closer. And I think that that might end up being the piece. Because Mookie's probably going to have a phenomenal season. That offense is going to roll. Yeah. they got three MVPs. they got Betts, they got Bellinger, and they got Justin Turner. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. But I think that addition at the back end of the bullpen might be one of the biggest things. Because we talked about it last year. Why didn't they go get a closer? Mm-hmm. What the hell were they thinking? And it's really what stopped them from, from taking that step to the next level. And what you know we saw with the Nationals, why they won. And they went out and just got all the relievers. Yeah, it's just which the, the the Nationals have kind of made that their strategy. Mm-hmm. The we will have no relievers. We'll have the worst bullpen in baseball. But by the All Star break, we'll just pick up a bunch of guys that are having good years for peanuts. Yeah, because they haven't traded away anyone that matters to acquire these relievers. No. And like, look at how well a guy who pitched in Toronto last year did in the World Series. 
Daniel Hudson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was a useful piece for them. Wow. It's going to be an interesting year in baseball. By the oh, way, yeah. pitchers and catchers have officially reported. So happy. So we're at so, we're I'm, at that point, and the um, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, I think you understand how much I love baseball, how much we love baseball, and just the fact that yeah. just to see guys like even just like the stretching, the smiling, you see guys back in the hat, the spring training uni. Bloody, those hats are fired, by the way. I just want to say there's some good there's some good hats. I was gonna say I may have uh, the last three years in a row of Blue Jay hats <laughs> from spring training with the Florida patch on the side. So it might happen again. I mean, if it's nice, you know. Okay. Might have well, to drop a shekel or two yes. on a new hat. And on to other baseball playoff news. Oh, I, <laughs> uh, there was a proposed sort of adjustment, if you want to call it, for the MLB playoffs to basically make it so that everybody makes it because in today's society, everybody gets a trophy. I feel like this was a smokescreen for the Astros news. Oh, I don't feel like this is real. 100% smoke I, I honestly don't feel like this is real. I no. feel like this was just floated out there to draw some attention. So here is just the, the whole. Um, seven teams from each league would make the postseason. So as a, 14 total. So 14 total as opposed to the, what, the, the five that make it now? Yeah. Uh, two uh, teams with the best record in each league get wild card round buys. Uh, two other division winners and top wild card team will host games of three game series in wild card round. Two other division winners get to pick their wild card round opponents during a live broadcast from three other wild card teams. The top wild card team plays the unpicked team. Three series winners and teams with a bye advance to the divisional round. You know how I could simplify this entire thing for you? You take the wild card game. Make it a three-game series. Very easy. It's very easy. Like, what are we doing here? I like the I, I like the one-game sort of deal, but in baseball, there's never one game. Exactly. So make it a series because you know yeah. what? You know how series are set up in baseball? Three to four games, more often three. So it's more of a it's more of a familiar baseball setup than a one-game wild card. The other thing with this that bothers me. The baseball play, like you play a hundred and sixty-two for a reason. Yes. Do you want a team under five hundred making the playoffs? Because mm. the way baseball works, if that team gets hot, especially in the playoffs, if they got one or two starting pitchers that get hot, Steve is losing his breath. Like what deep are we? Breath, buddy, what are breath. we doing here? You're cheapening the playoffs. You're going to put a bunch of teams that aren't very good in the playoffs. And if we go and look at it, like. If we were to look at it from this perspective, okay, so seven teams. So we're gonna have we're gonna have the Yankees, Twins, and Astros all make it. Then the two wildcard teams were Tampa and Oakland. Then you have Cleveland, who was a ninety three win team, okay? And the next best team is the Boston Red Sox, who had who were eighty four and seventy eight. That's only seven teams. From the AL. At least. I know. And then from the NL, you get the Atlanta Braves, the Nats, St. Louis, Milwaukee, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the the, 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 the Mets. 
What were the records of the Diamondbacks and the Mets, Angelo? 85 and 77 and 86 and 76. Just a shade above the 500 mark. Why play 162? Exactly. If you're going to do this. Like, baseball's the regular season that matters. Yes. Every other regular season does not matter. Look at basketball. Mm-hmm. Is the Raptors' regular season a lot of fun? Fuck yeah. Are they going to finish second behind the Bucks? Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it, the, the the hockey regular season, we known for the last two years that it was going to be Toronto and Boston by this point, and the only reason we don't know now is because they kept Mike Babcock for a while. That did not work out, and now they're mm-hmm. kind of in catch-up mode. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we knew what was happening. The regular season hasn't mattered yeah. in hockey in three or four years, See, and it hasn't mattered in basketball forever. I would say there there is a little bit more variance with the NHL's standings because any team can beat any team on any night. Exactly. Whereas in, in basketball... You're a bottom feeder, you're a bottom feeder, and you're for a playoff team, you're a playoff team. And in uh, football, it's a whole crap it, shoot. It, it, that's different. In one-game situations, yeah. you only have 16 in a regular season. Yeah. It's different. But in baseball, it's a 162-game season. The whole point yeah. is you go through that marathon to prove who the best yeah. of the best is before we get this little tournament we call the playoffs. Yeah. And now you're just like... <laughs> You're cheapening the whole thing. Yeah. And what scares me about this, the average baseball fan, I believe, is 57 years old. That's the average age, Mm -hmm. okay? That's a problem. You know who has problems with big changes? Older people. I'm going to tell you, as I get older, I start looking at this shit, and I'm just like, I get the crotchety old man syndrome. Like, get off my lawn. (laughs) What are you, you're going to change the playoffs? Get off my lawn. Yeah. But the issue in baseball is those old people are still going to watch it. Because I'll be honest, like me, mm-hmm. like I'll complain about this till the cows come home. Yeah. What else am I going to do in the summer? Nothing. Baseball's on every single day. There's always a game. Yeah. Like Most you can constantly watch other than the All-Star. Break. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like two days on either end of the All-Star break where there's no game. Those are the most boring parts of the summer. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, this this has been built this way. And it's, again, and baseball is one of those weird sports. It's been around for so long mm-hmm. that it's like, you're going to make this kind of change? And how like, many teams And how many teams get eliminated by the middle of September? Like, what, are you going to make it a, a little bit more interesting? You're, you're going to play extra games, so you're going to go right into October, where a lot of these teams, like your New Yorks, like your Washingtons. You're going to be playing cold-weather baseball. Yeah, like Minnesota. You've been to Minnesota? It's cold now. There's a lot now. of problems with this. You know what I mean? I like I like that they expanded with the extra wild card. Yes. Okay. Because and, know, and and like we keep saying, make that a three game series. Yeah, it's a very simple solution. You make it more interesting. And you, look, I understand they leave the Monday for the extra game, the one sixty two. If you have to, or one sixty three. One sixty three. You have to play the play in. But you can do this series Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's three games in a row. You have to, unfortunately, you're going to have to travel. That's the bad thing. But the good thing is that you get the day off to travel to play your opponent, and you have a little bit of an advantage for these other teams that did win their division. Yeah, you're trying to give them home field advantage. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan of the idea. Yeah. 
I'm I'm really hoping because the the good thing here is that in order like the MLB can't just ram this through. They have to get the players on board. And I don't think they'll be on board. Uh, have you paid attention to Twitter lately? <laughs> Every player with a Twitter account, and don't get me wrong, Trevor Bauer, lunatic. I kind of agree with him on this one, though. Now, I don't agree with Trevor Bauer on, like, 99% of the things that Trevor Bauer says, okay? Mm-hmm. So before anyone comes for me, trust me. I know he's a lunatic and does some, some not-so-great things. But when it came to this opinion, he's kind of right. And you've seen... Essentially every baseball player, ex-baseball player, analysts, you've seen everyone come out and basically trash this idea. And the guys that support it are like your shock jocks that don't watch baseball anyways, yeah. that are on Fox Radio. Like, Who was the moron, too, that's apologizing for saying the Raptors were going to be irrelevant? Actually, forget it. He doesn't. His name does not deserve to be mentioned. He's like apologizing for it now. Well, did you see on first take, the guy... <laughs> You know, saying that the 15-game winning streak for the Raptors. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm not going to say it's not important, but it's not. You know, it's they like, say that shit just to get Canada riled up so they get more clicks yeah. and interaction. Just remember. They're trolling. We won the championship last year. We're the defending champs. And no one should care about all this bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. What do you want? We got the ring. We got the chip of the dip. What do you want? They got 15 games. That, the most impressive thing is that they've won 15 games. When here's the thing, he was talking. If you watch that specific thing, because I refused to watch first take, someone sent me the clip and I watched it, and was just kind of like, "He's like, oh, it's historically the worst schedule anyone's ever played." And it's like, yeah, and they've been missing their starters. Oh, by the way, they've beaten a bunch of playoff teams in this too. That's also kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, it's not historically the worst fifteen game stretch, but whatever. Why am I arguing with a guy who doesn't know facts and doesn't yeah. live in reality? Yeah. Planet delusional. Okay, fuck. Okay. Must suck. Where all of Fox Sports basically lives. Yeah. All of that in actually, forget Fox Sports. Where Fox lives. Where Fox lives. Delusional. Uh, fucking Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. He can just fucking fall off a he can just die already. Yeah. Have a heart attack. There's this old man. On to some NHL news. <laughs> I will probably delete that from the And that's how yeah. I never get a job on Fox. <laughs> uh on to the NHL. We have a trade. <clears throat> We have a trade to announce. I love Jim Rutherford. We have a trade to announce. Doing I love stupid Jim things. So hey, much. whatever. <laughs> Screw it. Balls to the wall. I got Crosby. I got Malkin. Whatever. Draft schmaft. <laughs> whatever. I don't want to go to the first round anyway. <laughs> Listen, boys, we're, we're way too hungover. We're for not that. getting Lafreniere. <laughs> so f it. We're, we're just not getting Lafreniere. We're not getting Quinn Byfield. We don't care. We don't. Yolo. Care. Yolo. So he made a trade. Then <laughs> he traded for. Jason Zucker. I would also like to point out, <laughs> my God, has Alex Galchenyuk's trade right. volume fallen he's just off a, a cliff? He's here. He's, he's been passed <laughs> around. Like he's, you know. It's over. Like a joint at a party. He's getting passed <laughs> around. It's embarrassing. Oh, anyway, the fact that Mark, the fact that Mark Bergevin got Max Domi for him, one for one, didn't have to give up a single asset, is the most That's one of his thing. better Bergevin's Ber- Ber- yes. better moves. Um. This trade for Minnesota, well, let's just say it's a. I get it. The beginning of they've decided that we yeah. suck. They they've maybe they listen to like, us. Like Steven. the funny thing is, is like Jason Zucker's kind of the guy you'd like to keep around. But the problem is because Jason Zucker is actually on a contract that people want to take on. You trade him. You move him because you're stuck with everyone else. I am not the I am not the biggest Jason Zucker fan. 
Okay, he gets taken in the draft that I happen to participate in with Steven yeah. every season. Yeah, and he gets taken really early in that draft. Yeah, because there's that one season he had 64 points. Yeah, and then he gets traded to the commissioner of that of that league. Yeah, has he done no anything, matter what? Has he done anything since? No, but uh, he was traded. Did he get traded to him again this year? I don't know. I think he's still on the other team. I feel like I played the I played the guy who has him two weeks ago. So, anyways, um. Alex Galchenyuk, a conditional 2020 first-round pick. And defense prospect, Kalen Addison. All right. So, I don't know what the condition of the 2022nd It's probably got something to do with um, either how far the Penguins go in the playoffs or Jason Zucker's uh, stats. But because he's locked up, I'm gonna. It, it's not going to be like a re-sign clause. No, because he's under contract, I think it was for... Two he's locked. Seasons? He's locked up. He's definitely locked up. So it's um, it's got to be a condition on how deep they go into the playoffs or how many points he puts up, something like that. Which that'd be my guess. Which I'm not too. And know. again, you're the if you're the Penguins, Jim Rutherford has said he does not care about draft picks and prospects until Sid and Gino are gone. And let's be honest, he's probably going to be gone too. Because <laughs> if I'm Jim Rutherford, I ain't sticking around after that. No, I don't know how he. I don't know how he can continue to stick around. That's my. That's a. That's the big thing. He here. won back to back cups. He ain't getting fired. <laughs> no, that's exa- that's exactly I, what the the situation. I, I know is. what you, and I know what you're talking about, and it's it's just sort of ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I guess they get this the left winger to play with Crosby because or Gens- or Malcolm because Gensel's gone for the yeah for the season for the season and, and then you got two of them for next year I guess but I look at this and and Kalen Anderson is a is a prospect in all the the sense of a prospect he's 19 years old he was a second round pick of the of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins so he's a smaller defenseman 510. Ah, he's under six foot. Uh, so, you know, he's decent year in terms of play in terms of production. He's played for the Lethbridge Hurricanes of the WHL. Couple sixty five point seasons, uh, particularly the first season, not too good when he had it because he was a minus eighteen. But he's steadily in- improved around the minus four, plus two, plus eight range. Uh, but. Again, I understand why this is happening because Minnesota is basically was a team in purgatory. We talked about this. Exactly. They're not going to win a Stanley Cup with the current assembly of talent that they have. They're not good enough. They're, they're not old, bad enough to. They're slow and expensive. Yes, and they're not bad enough that they can get the first overall pick, like the Detroit Red Detroit Red Wings are trying to do. Their darndest to do trade away. Oh, yeah. They just tank as far as tanking goes. Oh, yeah. And I know they're not going to get it. You this know is just it. reminding me of the Sabre. Like, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to trade their goalies somehow. Uh, yeah, I mean, they probably would. They probably would, but who knows? It's just going to be a full out tank. It's going to yeah. be like every Robot Island's going to exist. Oh, God. Dylan Larkin's randomly just going to get shut down like for the rest gonna, of the season. Here's the thing. What, like, If they go and trade these guys, like they trade their goals, what are they going to have for next year? Are they going to go sign Braden Holpe? Maybe. Not. And just pray to God that we can t- talent our way continue into Continue the tank. Continue the tank with Braden Holpe? Like it's, 
Detroit's a weird team. Like, you know, they ain't got much. They ain't got much. And, you know, for in terms of tanking, sometimes it never goes right. <clears throat> Buffalo. Well, that, see, that's the thing. Thanks, like, thanks for sucking all the time around this time, by the way. You make tickets at the end of April for your last game of the season for Bobblehead Night. Oh, love it. A lot cheaper. We appreciate it. it, the group of guys that we go down with. We appreciate not having to pay $1,000 for f- tickets. Big fan. Big fan. But, you know, in terms of the – because we, we are ramping up to around the trade deadline. Like next week's going to be a full sort of – we're going to kind of get maybe do a little bit of guessing – in terms of who we think is going to go where. And, you know, there are a lot of teams sort of in this limbo mode, like Minnesota. We're going to trade away, guys. you got a team like, you know, I'm going to use Montreal, who the countdown is the countdown started at 10, and we're down to – they can only lose now seven <laughs> games. So losing to Arizona in regulation did not help the cause with two minutes to go. At least lose in overtime. I'll take the point. Take the loser point. But, you know, you have these teams, and it's like, does Montreal trade away a, you know, an Ilya Kovalchuk – or a Jeff Petrie, because I don't think they'll trade away Thomas Tatar because of the role that he sort of fills on this team. And for Kovalchuk, if Jason Zucker can get a first-round pick, Ilya Kovalchuk can probably fetch a second-rounder in some weird world. Yeah, Jason Zucker had the term. Like, there was a lot of things going. Hey, 700,000 is a good, a good contract to have. You also have to take the risk that Kovalchuk, you trade him to a place, he looks around and goes, fuck this place. (laughs) See, and I think in Montreal he's been sort of rejuvenated a little bit. Look, we passed the 10-game mark a little while ago, and he's still playing as hard as he was in game one. And look, I I didn't think he was going to be like this. The Ilya Kovalchuk that we saw when he was in L.A. and in Jersey did not care. This well, year. in Jersey during that playoff, run, he, cared. he cared. But in LA, you could tell it was. Just, oh no, he did not. He, he did he not was, care. It's not that the speed isn't. The speed is kind of there still a little bit. He still has those moves. He's still he's still one of the best puck movers of the puck. It's it's insane. All right, he still fire it. He still fire it. Still bury a goal like he did on Saturday. Um, but there's like you can get a, a piece for him, and I almost think that Mark Bergeron almost says to him, look. We're in this limo position. We know we can win with you. But depending on where they are in, in the next two weeks, because the Habs are coming up to a, a stretch of a stretch of the season where it's like, well, if we lose a couple more games, they have a tough this week, especially losing on Monday to Arizona didn't help their cause. And now Wednesday to February 12th, they're in Boston tonight Dude. and a back-to-back with Pittsburgh and Dallas. Now I'm guessing Carey Price is going to play both games because on Tuesday, the following week, they play the Detroit Red Wings, who they haven't beat all season long, by the way, I might add. So maybe win those that game too would help. But <laughs> oh, Detroit. Oh, yeah, exactly. Three times the season to them they've lost. But that's no boy. They're a team that is kind of in this limbo position. We can still go for it, but we still can't. And now Edmonton dealt another they're dealt an injury to their best player in Connor McDavid. Now Leon Dreisettle is going to be taking up basically the load. But now you're not going to have the running gun mate on the power play. It's just going to be Leon. And teams, we see what happens. Teams will focus in on this guy. 
and Listen, try to slow him down. Edmonton's had better depth of late. They've mm-hmm. got, you know, Dave Tippett seems to be trying to get them to play more. But they, there's a lot of things that seem to be improving in Edmonton. Yeah. You take Connor McDavid out of the mix of that, and I don't care how much better Leon Draisaitl's gotten. I don't care how much better the second line, like the secondary scoring's gotten. It they're fucked. Yeah, Connor McDavid is the best player, the best hockey player on planet Earth. You take him off any team, you're gonna have problems. You take him off a team like the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. and you're pretty much screwed. The only team that can survive shit like this is usually Pittsburgh, because when Sid gets hurt, Gino goes nuts, or when Gino misses time, Sid's already going nuts because he's Sid. Yeah. And then the Leafs, sometimes Tavares, Matthews, you kind of have another guy there. And Dreisaitl, yeah, you got the other guy. The problem is you don't have the guy below Dreisaitl to really bump up because Nuge has been playing on the wing with Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto, and that line has been so good, but you're probably going to have to split that line up, and I think that's just going to cause all kinds of problems for Edmonton, I essentially think this 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 killed their this killed their season. They're dead in the water now. I think their playoff chance is over. Well, sitting one point behind the Vancouver Canucks, which is the weirdest of weird, them being in that position. Elias Patterson, baby. No, I know he's been and Jack, uh, and ja- not, ja- uh, not uh, Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes. He's been it's Quinn Hughes. Um, he might not get the the, the the crazy recognition. The Calder is going to go to Kale McCarr because he could win the Norris. Yeah, the Norris is probably going to either John Carlson or Roman Yossi. Mm, I'd say Carlson because he's got so many goddamn points. Yeah, but it's close. But yes, but it's it's like Kale McCarr is doing things that are See, insane. I will say Quinn Hughes has basically assumed, not assumed the role, has actually yeah. just taken the role straight up of being a number one True shutdown defenseman. He's he's playing uh, the big. He's he's had to. They don't have anybody there, so he's he's been that guy to do it. And I've watched some games, and he's and he's gone with. He, no, he plays in a tough division, and he plays against some tough teams. Colorado's not an easy team. Uh, Calgary isn't an easy team. They have Johnny Hockey. They have Sean Monahan. You know, you already have to deal with Connor McDavid and Leon Tricycle in that division. Arizona, for the most part, is not a slouch. They've been good this year. They've been good. The only slouch really is the LA Kings and San Jose Sharks, but and Anaheim Ducks and everyone else. But <laughs> but yeah, there are some teams. There there's some interesting teams in the West, like a team like Nashville. The definition of a dumpster a, fire. They're such a mess. They're a mess. They, they should have won a Stanley Cup and have just gotten worse every year since. And they have and like Impecarin is old. And Roman Yossi's getting older. Roman Yossi's getting older. Ryan Ellis is getting older and yeah. getting hurt. Always hurt. He seems like Ryan he's Johansson hurt. is making a lot of money, and so is oh, well, what the hell is his name? He came from Ottawa. Kyle Turner. Those two are making a lot of money to do a not a lot. Mm-hmm. And what's Matt Duchesne? Because he's also making a lot of money. To, he makes too much money. Like there's, there's hey, teams. Any team that is going to think about signing Taylor Hall long term. You might want to rethink your plane. Because just go look at Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne was a center. Yep. He was. Yeah. He's great in NHL 20, though. <laughs> of course he is. I signed, I signed him to that nine year. I gave him eight years at nine million per. 
Actually, I had to give him nine and a half. So you gave him the contract he's got. He's I got. basically gave him the contract he got, but it's NHL where age doesn't factor in just quite yet. And then I'll just try to trade him for like six first round picks, whatever. I'll figure it out. But uh, interesting trade deadline coming up. A lot of teams looking for different pieces. Uh, I'm sure there's teams that could use some scoring, some teams that could use some defensemen. <laughs> yep. I'm looking at a certain team that plays in the city that we record a podcast in. Especially if, uh, depending on what this Morgan Riley injury situation is, I don't know. Don't know what his deal is, but anyways, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I love trade deadline day. I take a whole day off of my job, not not my <laughs> not my not my full time job, my part time job that I have to feed the full time job. Don't ask. But yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. We basically stuff our face. Because I haven't been doing that all friggin' week. <laughs> uh, not like we didn't have chocolate cake for breakfast. Yeah, this exactly. I had chocolate cake for breakfast. It was delicious. All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and complain about it and have burritos in a couple of weeks. Whatever, don't care. <laughs> uh, on to some NFL news before we wrap up this week's podcast. Uh, Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers officially parting ways. This is the second quarterback of the 2004 class. I would just like to say. Or 2005. Shout out to Chris Lane for this joke. San Diego or L.A., the only thing Philip Rivers has pulled out of. <laughs> Philip Rivers has enough kids to have a football team, by the way. I think he's got like 13 right wow. now. Wow. I couldn't even take credit for that. I had to give the credit wow. before I dropped that one. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. I would like to say that in this, gr- in, the, in this group chat, when we refer to Philip Rivers, his name is usually The Baby Maker. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good one. Jeez. Anyways, <laughs> Philip Rivers, the second quarterback of a class that had Eli Manning himself and one Ben Benjamin Roethlisberger. Um, Philip Rivers and the L.A. Chargers officially parting ways. L.A. being like, we got a top pick. We're going to probably draft a quarterback, depending on who it is. Could be Justin Herbert. Uh, probably won't be Tua or Joe Burrow unless something flies. Well, I- I don't know if we have time for this, but I don't know if you've heard what's going on with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. <laughs> and tell me that what I told you a couple weeks ago is going to happen where they just say, screw it, we're not going to draft the kid from Ohio, we're going to draft something else. Joe Burrow may or may not have also said that the Bengals aren't an organization oh, that's going to win. Well, they aren't. And they may be shopping their first-round pick. Oh, no. And they might sign Cam Newton. Oh, no. Why would they do that? Just thought I'd slide that out there. Just because uh, I know the Bengals are the Bungles forever. Bungles forever. And they were going to, and, and me and Steven talked about this off the air. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. But I said, I go, when you go and look at the Bengals, they need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. They are a bad team. Yep. AJ Green's going to be a free, is a free agent this offseason. You know, their offensive line is atrocious. They used to eat out on a very good defense that's yeah. not very good anymore. The defense has become old and slow and injured. Yep. Like Geno Atkins isn't the Geno Atkins from four years that ago. That defensive line is not the same. Vontez Burfecht not being there is a big deal. I know he gets suspended all the time, but when he he's was, not suspended, he's... He was a difference maker on the field. Cornerback-wise, they really don't have anything safety-wise. All safety those guys wise. got old and fell apart. Yeah, and offensively, other than Joe Mixon, they really don't got anybody. 
Andy Dalton was okay. Yep. But <laughs> he's Andy yep. Dalton. He's not Tyler a big... Boyd's Tyler Boyd. Yeah. So I had said to Steven, I go, you watch. They're going to trade. They're either going to draft Chase Young and say, look, we're going to do this all over again next year, and we're going to get our quarterback. Or we're just going to trade away the first overall pick. Or they're just going to be the Bengals. And they're just going to be the Bengals. And the Bengals are going to bangle this up. Because I know the Bengals very well. They're, they're the only team with a 10-point lead that can lose with five minutes to go. If Joe Burrow does not end up a Bengal, this is going to be real funny. And look, there's a thing, you know, about sometimes quarterbacks don't get drafted by their hometown, home state team. Joe Burrow's from small town Ohio. Not too sure how far it is from Cincinnati, but he understands the... Aaron Rodgers is from California. Ask San Francisco 49ers how Alex Smith turned out. Not too good. Oh, and uh, I know he was a sixth-round pick, but you know the 49ers did promise Tom Brady that they were going to draft him the year that uh, they didn't. And he went to New England. It's worked out great for both those franchises, right? Actually, but I mean both those franchises. It's worked out great for the Niners, right? <laughs> All you need to know is there I, I can use two examples. And actually I can use the team that is near and dear to my heart, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um and I can use another team that is not near and dear to my heart, the Cleveland Bengals. They're closer to my <laughs> bum hole than they are my heart. Um the Bengals in two thousand four, who always desperately needed a quarterback, decided they would draft a tight end from Steven's favorite school. The U. Yeah. Mr. Kellen Winslow the second. Oh god. That's couple not of picks. Well. Couple of picks later. A quarterback who was born in the state of Ohio went to Miami of Ohio. Oof. Ben Roethlisberger. Oof. Drafted by the Steelers. We've seen how everything has turned out for both franchises. Now the Steelers are also on the opposite end of this one. And the reason why they finally got Ben Roethlisberger. Because for so long, after t- when Terry Bradshaw was still the quarterback and nearing the end, the Steelers had a quarterback fall into their laps but decided not to draft him. That quarterback was from Pittsburgh. That quarterback is one of the best quarterbacks, one thrower of all time, Dan Marino. Steelers passed on him because they wanted to, re- they wanted to build through the defense like they had for the 70s Steelers. And that we know how it turned out. Not for, not very well. Bring up one more thing as I like Google Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. There's the story that they're, you know, listening to picks and all yeah. this other stuff. And the best thing is, is like the Bengals blog for SB Nation is basically like the first the first line, the first sentence of this. The Cincinnati Bengals are the perfect team to handle the chaos that comes with taking Joe Burrow first overall. Are the Bengals good at anything? Sure they are, and then it goes in to talk about like the mind. Like it's it's basically this is the Bengals SB Nation blog, the the basically fan site that's supposed to support the Bengals, already panicking, and they're talking about how all that matters with all of this news is the communication between Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, that's important. Do you trust the Bengals? No, <laughs> it's, it's no. just funny. Just when you pull up Google, you start scrolling, you start taking a look. Look, if they want to do this, go nuts. Just means you're going to be the worst team in the division again. And you know what's going to happen next year, Mr. Artabello? 
is the Bengals are going to win too many games to draft Trevor Lawrence. Okay? Wouldn't that be so perfect? And they're going to get stuck with some quarterback like hmm, Trent Edwards or J.P. Lawson. Okay? Or Christian Ponder or Blaine Garrett. If they think Cam Newton is the solution, they don't have an offensive line to protect Cam. They play in a they play in a division with three really good defenses: the Browns, the Ravens, and that Steelers defense. You're not going to have an offensive. We've seen Cam Newton; he's not a great thrower of the football. I was also just going to point out, you know, Cam's taken a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Cam's not a spring chicken. No. And and for quarterbacks, Cam's young. But for quarterbacks mm-hmm. that have taken the amount of hits, Cam, like, mm-hmm. the injury history on Cam, like, that's the interesting part of this yeah. entire, we'll see. Because a, a lot of this is rumors. Now, the one thing we know, again, more rumors, but the one thing that, that's been reported is that the Bengals are shopping this first. So they're, sorry. Please do. Sorry, they're not shopping. They're listening to yeah. offers. Look, I will say this. You're a bad football team. You have to listen to picks because you have to try to acquire as much yes, talent. All I would like to say is, do you think the Indianapolis Colts listened to picks when they had to cut Peyton Manning because they had the first overall pick to draft Andrew Luck? No. no. That's that's where I'm going with here. Yeah. Just the fact that a story has come out that this is happening. They're going to draft an offensive lineman, you watch. Oh my God. They won't even draft Chase Young. They'll draft the offensive lineman. The, oh God. That's what's going to end up happening. I can't wait because they're going to bang. They're going to fuck this up, and it's going to be glorious. It's amazing. But um, the when's Bacon, the NFL draft? This can't happen couple, soon enough. In about, a, <laughs> in about three months or so. Well, I know the combine hasn't even started. Yeah. Like we haven't even gotten into like draft season. Yeah, and it's already it's, starting. It's already starting. And you watch Joe Burrow have an okay pro, like an okay pro day. Watch him not even do it. Because if you're Joe Burrow, why would you? Yeah, you have nothing to prove. You won the national championship. You went undefeated. Blah blah blah. blah you show blah. up with the big dick Joe hat, cigar yeah. still in your mouth, yeah, probably like, still drunk. Probably. <laughs> and nobody cares. No. They go, uh, "That's my quarterback." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I'm to pick a, we're talking about the baby maker, Philip Rivers. Um, if we're to talk about a destination, I'm gonna throw. Yeah, sorry, I sidetracked you with the whole two joke. teams, and they're actually just AFC teams. One. Is the Indianapolis Colts good offensive line? Good run game. Is he better than Jacoby Brissett? <sighs> like after what we watched Philip Rivers do, like yeah, they have a better offensive line than San Diego did, but I don't think they have the the offensive weapon San Diego did. No, but they have the better offensive line. I think they no no they definitely and Frank, do. And I like Frank Wright a lot. I do, but I don't know if. And here's the other team. Here's the other team. Okay, it's another AFC team. Whose quarterback is about to probably go to San Diego or LA, whatever team. Whatever. I know which team I think he's going to, and I. I've, now that you've mentioned and, his team leaving, and, there's a guy who wears a certain grandpa hat. Coach this team. No, he does not wear a grandpa hat. He wears a hoodie. Oh. And God damn. There's a part of me that thinks if there's a team that's going to be able to that's going to sign him, the New England Patriots might be the team. To go and sign them because Andy Dalton's not going to go play for the Bengals. Uh, sorry, for the for the Patriots. I could see Andy Dalton playing for the Patriots, and I could see Andy Dalton doing really well for the Patriots. I don't want that, but he doesn't win four o'clock games. So fun fact. Good luck, Bill. You play a lot of look what uh, Bill did with Matt Castle. I, I think Andy Dalton's better than Matt Castle. This is true. Okay, 
What I was going to say, though, is where I think Phil's going to end up. Where he moved his family to Florida. And there's a Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Has a good history with older quarterbacks. What do you mean? Remember Carson Palmer? Oh, yeah. Looked like he was done. Rejuvenated his career. Had a couple of really nice years in Arizona. Phillip Rivers looks like he's done. And that's the only reason I wouldn't. Like, that's why I think it could be Tampa. Because it could be Bruce Arians. Sprinkling a little bit of that Pixie Ducks on him. And not to mention he's got two number one wide receivers. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin if he goes to Tampa. Like that that I think is a really interesting spot. Yeah, for but him. where are you gonna get a quarterback who plays both sides of the ball so well? Where are you gonna get a guy who can throw thirty and thirty? All right. <laughs> who can impact the game for your team and the other team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a better's nice. Jameis Winston is the X Fact. You know what the best part about Jameis is actually? Jameis thinks he's getting forty million a year. Please tell me you heard the press conference. No, where the season ended, where he's just like, "I ball, man." Like he was talking about how good he was. It was awesome because Look, was listening to Bruce Arians right after. I will say, basically tell him he sucked. I will say he can throw a million thousand yard seasons all he wants. He can throw all the thirty touchdowns he's. But if you turn the ball over that, that many, many times, you're not a good quarterback. No. You aren't you aren't a quarterback that I can hang my hat on night in and night out. Put it this way. This is the first time in the history of the NFL there's been a 30-30 season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. 40-40 next year. Bigger numbers. <laughs> Go for the gusto. The funny thing is, James is the only one who could do that. Probably. <laughs> He's the only one that yeah. could. Yeah. Uh on to some other news. Miles Garrett officially reinstated today. Made sense. He uh, wasn't gonna miss any games next year. He probably year. wasn't gonna be. He did his time. It didn't really matter. His punishment is playing on the Browns. Yes. That's punishment enough. Uh, pff, there's not much else. Antonio Brown apologized to Big Ben. Extending the olive branch. Well, there was I, I didn't watch his latest interview and apology tour. But as me and Ange talk about this off the air. I don't know if I brought it up on this podcast all that much. Big fan of Pat McAfee. And what they did mention on the Pat McAfee show, because again, I've had enough of AB. I'm kind of done, and I'm also sick of seeing him on TV when it looks like he's struggling with something mentally and something could be actually really wrong with him, and they keep putting him on TV to entertain people and, you know, oh, what's he going to say? We're going to get ratings because AB's on TV. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's disgusting. Yeah. But one thing that they did mention, they they thought that it seems like he might have actually, like, because of that court case and he had to see a mental health specialist, yeah. they said the way he was talking in that was so much, he's been so erratic yeah, that it seemed like what they said, it looked like a guy who was mm-hmm. actually properly medicated that yeah. might have gotten his shit mm-hmm. together. Now, again, I'm done with this whole thing. Yeah, I want a resolution. I hope he's okay. Before, I've said this. I said this months ago. Like I thought we're watching a guy have a mental breakdown in front of us. Mm-hmm. I think it's even more I evident think, that that's I th- what's happening. I think it hit its peak when that whole the whole the arrest, ish, the, arrest the, fi- and, the final thing where he like the with the the, the driver that yeah. he had paid to bring some stuff and then they didn't pay him and mm-hmm. they jumped him. It was a it yeah. was too crazy. So it seems like you know maybe Antonio Brown's on the right path. You know his heartfelt message to Ben, basically extending the olive branch, saying, "Yeah, it was you. You know, it was a little bit of you. It was a little bit of me. Uh, but all these things, we no one had that great. Of, I've never had that great of a connection with someone." He said in his interview, he didn't like Juju. 
and that's whatever. You don't have to like everybody you play with. That's just that's just football. I'm sure there yeah. are people that don't like the guys that they play with. There's and again, like, older player, established player, yeah. young guy taking mm-hmm. reps from him. You can see where that was. That that's one of the ones that you can kind of at least make a little mm-hmm. sense out of. Like a lot of this stuff with AB made no sense. Yeah, like I don't know if I I believe that he will be back on an NFL team somewhere. Where that is, I don't know. I think it's gonna have like we're gonna have to not hear about him for like a month. Yeah, and when I say that, I mean like in a good way too. Mm-hmm. Like we're just not. There aren't gonna be any more of the stories, and then maybe no. in a month we hear that whatever the like you know what I mean. Like he's out on bail now. Yeah. Technically, maybe like maybe the charges go. Maybe something happens. Hmm. And that's the only thing I want to see. Yeah. I want quiet. I want to see radio silence. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I hope that means that he's actually getting better. Yes. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things. Like, I can laugh at the blue dreadlock and the blonde mustache. Yeah. And there's things you can laugh at. But when you started piling it all together, it was getting concerning. Yeah. Like, it was getting to the point where, like, I was. Ge- I think we've had this conversation. Yeah. I was genuinely afraid the next thing we were going to hear was something horrific. Yeah. Like he killed so like something like really next level. Yeah. And if he's finally getting his life together, that's only a positive. Yeah. It's only a positive. Would I like to see him back with the Steelers? I mean, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's pretty fun. Especially for a team that has a Super Bowl caliber defense. But um you will see what happens with Antonio Brown. Hopefully he's feeling hopefully he is getting better yes. mentally. And physically, and he's in the right state of mind, and that, you know, there is a return for him in the future of football because still the NFL is better with more talent than it is with less talent, and he's a talented player. We never deny that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, it for this week's episode. Uh, Prayers up for Jay Bowmeister, who had uh, an episode last night. forgot to mention that as well. That was scary. Um, He is in stable condition. Um, He's awake. He was awake and everything. It is a scary video. If uh, he just finished the shift, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the more scarier things you see. We've seen it periodically. And Rich Peverly, yeah. So credit to the Anaheim medical staff, the St. Louis Louis medical staff, staff, arena staff, like exactly everyone involved. Yeah, and you know, uh, I think it was Vince Dunn who actually was on the bench when it first like he saw it and he starts calling people over. So it's. You know, hopefully he's feeling better, gets better. We're able to see him back on the ice because, hey, he's a gold medal winner. He's a Stanley Cup champion. And uh, from all the tweets, seems like a pretty good guy, too. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have a lot of J-Bone, like a lot of good J-Bone Mr. stories. So yeah. we hope he's we hope he's doing better. Yeah. And uh, that's it for this week's episode of the Last Word Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh, wherever you're listening on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, uh, we appreciate you listening. And until next time, I'm Andrew Lippa. I'm Steve Artabello. This has been the last word. We'll see you next time. Peace. I caught the flag, but my dollar stacked right off the bat like a baseball. Like kidding, bitch, I got them racks with so much ease that they call me Diddy because I make bands and I call getting cheese a cakewalk. Bitch, I'm a player. I'm too motherfucking stingy for share. Won't even lend you an ear. Ain't even pretending to care. But I tell a bitch I'm Mary of Shabaria, face of my genital area. The original Richard Ramirez, Christian Rivera, because my lyrics never sit well, so they want to give me the chair. Like a paraplegic, and it's scary. Call it Harry Carey, because every time. And digging Harry Carey and Mary and motherfucking dictionary on I'm swearing up and down, they can spit this shit's hilarious. It's time to put these bitches in the obituary column. We wouldn't see eye to eye with a staring problem. Get the shaft like a staring column.